In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day. It's Father Tom and Anthony today. Do you know that God has everything in control? He sits on the throne, and there is nothing that he is not controlled of. He is in complete control of the mess that we call planet Earth. He's in control. And you know what? He's going to make good out of the mess. For those who love God, all things work together for the good. We need to hear that, we need to know that, and we need to believe that, that all things work together for the good to those who love God. We are in a messy situation at the United States right now. Messy situation. With pro-life, we have the other side screaming and hollering at the uh, judges' homes. They don't report that. But if anybody like that was a pro-lifer, it'd be on the front page of the globe. We need to know that only God can fix what we're going through. And we do that by surrendering our lives to Him. How we need to do that. I'm looking at Luke 5. The Scripture says, Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genezareth, or the Sea of Galilee, same thing, and the crowd was pressing on Him to hear the Word of God. They're pressing on him not only to hear the word of God. Why? Because they want to be healed. Because they're sick. Because they need him. But he can't preach while they're pressing on him. So what does he do? He's very smart. He sees two boats. And what he does is goes into one of the boats and preaches from the boat. And that's what begins to happen. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had already gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Why? So he wouldn't be buffeted by the people. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now this is a carpenter talking to a fisherman. Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night long and have caught nothing. You know, I know there's nothing out there tonight. Yet if you say so, I will let down my nets, but knowing that nothing's going to happen. Oh, yes. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats 
so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. Because he doubted. He realized that he doubted. But he figured it out in his head before, I'm the fisherman, he's the carpenter. What does he know about fishing? But they catch more fish than they know what to do with. And Simon Peter falls at the knees of Jesus and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And the scripture says, He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. For he was amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid from now on. You will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. I received uh, a message today that years ago, I think it was 2002, a man called me. He was living out of his automobile. And somehow I sent him money. Now he has a non-taxable experience and he's making money on his own. He said, Father Tom sent me money to live by. And I don't even remember that. I don't remember that. But you see, God works together for good to those who love him. He knows how to do things. You might say, I'm facing an impossible situation. Well, I've faced many impossible situations. And what happens? God comes true. He comes through to the impossible situations and makes them possible. Oh, yes, the Lord knows how to make a U-turn on a dead-end street. That's what the Lord is all about. Your problems are ant houses compared to the mountain that the Lord Jesus is. And he wants to demolish the ant houses. He wants to go deep, deep within you and take you into the deep recesses of God's love. You know, the bigger the problem, the more room for God. The bigger the problem, the more room for God. You know, every issue we have in our life, it ultimately comes down to we haven't surrendered it to the Lord. We're not trusting God fully. We're relying on our own power. You know, the root of all sin is pride. And it's just telling Jesus, it's telling God that I got this. I got this. When God's saying, no, no, I'm a loving father. I'm a loving father. Only I can solve it. Just give it to me. And get out of the way and watch what I do. And watch what I do. You know, when Paul when Paul told them to cast the net, I mean, when Jesus told them to cast the nets down, in their own mind, they said, why, what does he know? But it's a good example. Jesus is just looking for our obedience and our trust. And when we give him our obedience, when you give him your full trust, then you get a full harvest of fish. So your nets 
are ripping open. So we trust him with the little things, our money, our, you know, our, our just finances is a good example. And then we get the bigger things, souls. And we get the bigger things, souls. Because God, he wants to trust you with the things of eternity, the true things that matter. First, he tests us, and we, he, Jesus trusts us with the things of this earth. And he trusts you with these passing things on this earth that don't matter. And then once you show him that, yes, Jesus, I can surrender you my money, I can surrender you, you know, my my house, my whatever it is, then he gives you souls. Then he gives you the true things, the true things why we're here. And then you can become a fisher of men as Jesus made his apostles. A fisher of people, of men. That's You see, if he can't trust you with money, he's not going to trust you with people. That man that wrote to us told us a story of faith. The faith was on his side and my side. I sent him money. Now, I don't do that very often because there are lots of people looking for money. But the point of the matter is I felt the Lord that day say, send him something so that he can live on it. And what did he do with the money? He bought himself a phone so that when someone called him from a job, he would answer it. This is God doing these things. But he uses people. We need to pray the surrender prayer. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Take care of everything. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Take care of everything. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Take care of everything. Verse 12, chapter 5 of Luke. Once when he was in one of the cities, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I do choose. Be made clean immediately. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he ordered him to tell no one. Go, he said, and show yourself to the priest, and as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing for a testimony to them. But now more than ever the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases, but he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. I remember someone who came to me not with leprosy, but with cancer of the stomach. I didn't know her. But a friend of mine, Mark, brought her to me. And he wanted me to pray with her because she had cancer of the stomach. So I closed my eyes and I see a wool pad. And I'm going to say, this lady's going to think I'm crazy. But that's okay. I said, scour it out, scour it out, scour it out, scour it out, scour it out. I kept on saying that. And I'm thinking, this lady must think I'm a real Lulu, you know? But I kept on saying, scour it out, scour it out, 
scour it out. I was thinking out of the box. The Lord gave me the picture of a steel wool pad. Well, she went to the doctor. She said, the doctor said, the cancer is gone. It looked like it was scoured out. This is God doing these things. You know, even though I thought she might think I'm crazy, I'm going to continue because I have this picture of a steel wool pad. I have never cleansed anyone of leprosy, but the Lord has used people here and other places to heal people of cancer, which is just as bad as leprosy. Just as bad as leprosy. Yeah, and God God has given you dominion, and he's given you power. But even our words have creative power. As Father Tom, and as you speak for us words, you don't understand. When they're in alignment and when they're in the will of God, they carry the power of God. So that, that, those words scoured out, that was God, Father Tom surrendering, but the cancer was being scoured out as Father Tom was proclaiming the word of God. He was proclaiming the word of God and he was releasing the light of Christ into her. And as that happens, miracles take place. We don't want to put God in a box. You know, the biggest problem, you know, and we just don't under, our inheritance we don't understand how much power and how much authority that God has given you through the power of the Holy Spirit that even as Jesus was on this earth and he was fully God he was and he walked by the power of the Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is within you today and you know Jesus wants us to walk in the full he wants you to walk in the fullness of life the fullness of life. That first is the Holy Spirit descends upon you. As we thank you, Holy Spirit, as you are right now, he begins to light us up. He wants to light you up. He wants to drive out the God is light and it drives out all the darkness. It starts to just take care of take care of our insides. It takes it cleans us out. And then all of a sudden the our exterior life starts to reflect this order that God brings into you. But then it goes beyond that. Then it goes to light other people aflame, to proclaim the word of God, to be given over to the Lord. You know, God honors obedience. Because God can sovereignly do anything at any time, but he honors our free will and he honors obedience. So he's looking for people who are sold out and crazy enough, like Father Tom, when God shows him a, why? What was it? A wire brush? A steel wool pad. He says, okay, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Scour it out. Scour it out. Scour it out. And God honors it because the biggest thing in God will let you be tormented because God, the love and fear of God drives out the need for the love and fear of man. So God doesn't want us to be concerned with what other people think. He wants us to be concerned only with what the Lord thinks. And when we do that, we'll never go out of it. We'll always be kind and generous, and we'll actually be able to treat people better. But so many people become tormented because they're so concerned about 
what my parents think, what my neighbor thinks, what my daughter, what my friend thinks. And we live in this world of just, we live in this world of torment because Jesus is saying, look only to me. Because what I think is all that matters and what I think is perfect and he's loving. You know, at the end of our lives, it's only going to be us and Jesus for a time. And that's truly all there is. And when we can live this one-on-one encounter with Jesus, then we can help the world. We can be marked in eternity because all the answers come from Jesus. All the answers come from heaven. And we're only looking up on heaven and just releasing what Jesus tells us, releasing the light of God, releasing the emotions of God. Then we can really begin to first be helped ourselves and then help others. You know, a very, I heard this the other day, and when we start to live with our death in mind, because death isn't scary, it's the only way we get to heaven. But you know, when, when it's time for us to go and Jesus to take us, what's going to matter to us isn't going to be the money in our account, it's going to be how big our house was, it's going to be how close did I draw to Jesus. It's not going to be what my friends think about me. How close did I draw to Jesus? Did I surrender my life to the Lord? Did I let him love me and did I love him? Did I pray? You know, these, we want to, as you live in these heavenly, heavenly reality, the things of this earth starts to go and the torment and the anxiety of this earth starts to go and you start to receive heaven and live heaven on this earth. You live on earth as it is in heaven and that's the goal and it just comes by focusing focusing on heaven, not on earth, and you begin to receive everything divine. And the word of God said, but Jesus would withdraw to a deserted place and pray. Why did he praise the Lord? Because he wants to do exactly what the Father is telling him to do. Scrub it out. Yeah, that day was scour it out. That's what it was that day. But you see, let's say another person comes with cancer. What do I say? Do I say scour it out? No. I say what God is calling me to say. So, you know, sometimes we we think that we can uh, use what God did rather than God has something new to do this week. How does he do it? Well, he'll show us. Sometimes it's just by faith that she be healed in the name of Jesus by the finished work of the cross. I'm on Luke 5:17. One day while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. You see... Where there's a will, there's a way. 
They could have said, well, we can't get him in. Let's go home. They said, no, we care about our friend who's paralyzed. We're going to climb up the roof and let him down. There must have been four men there. I want to have friends like that that bring me to Jesus, that will climb a roof and say, see, Father Tom, he needs to be healed. I need friends like that. I don't want friends to say, well, you know, I really love you. I have people have told me they loved me. And when bad things start happening in my life, they fled because they didn't love me. That's That word, I love you, means I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. When we say to people, I love you, I'm going to be there by God's grace. By God's grace. When Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? The faith of the four men. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Now I'm telling you, these Pharisees and teachers of the law are going to be very upset because only God can forgive sins. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to question, who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or say, stand up and walk, but so that you may know, not, under, not just think, but know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had, and went home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. Yes, Jesus could have said, You know, I'm not going to say out loud your sins are forgiven, because we've got Pharisees here, and they'll, they'll say, Who are you to forgive sins? He said it right out loud. Be forgiven. Be forgiven. Be forgiven because he has the ability to forgive sins. Do you know that today? There is a sacrament called the sacrament of penance or confession. Have you gone ever? Have you gone lately? Oh, yes. That's what God wants to do. He wants to forgive your sins, and he wants to heal your bodies. This is real. He wants to forgive your sins, and he wants to heal your bodies. You say, but... I've tried over and over and over again. Well, try again in Jesus' name and have some faith that this time God's going to do it. One lady came to me last night with her eyes, and she said, they're still not fixed, but I'm coming back. I'm going to continue to pray until God heals my eyes. That is determination and faith. That is determination and faith. I'm going to keep on coming back until he heals my eyes. And God honors that. Father, I feel the Holy Spirit wants you to pray right now for everyone who has cancer, who's listening to this radio program. 
O Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, which brings healing. We thank you for the finished work on the cross. And we say to this cancer, in the name of Jesus, wither up and die. Now, by the power of the blood of the Lamb, wither up and die. You have no power over these people. Put your hand on the place where the cancer is. In Jesus' name, by the power of the blood, by the power of the finished work of the cross, be completely healed. Wither up cancer and die. And you have no right to go to any other part of their bodies. You have no right to do that. A woman came to me last night and said, they took a tumor from my lung. She said, I'm praying that it wasn't cancerous. And so we prayed that it wasn't cancerous. We haven't heard yet. But you see, I prayed that it would wither up and that it would die. You see, cancer just grows like a weed. But we have the authority to weed it out in the name of Jesus through the power of his blood. Regina Chaley, Leitare, Alleluia. Quia quem meruisti portare, Alleluia. Resurrexit sit condixit, Alleluia. Ora pro nobis adeum, Alleluia. Oh God, how we need you today. This world is upside down. We want to ask you to give us the grace to continue to preach your word so that people would give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season.